Weekly Lost Podcast, episode number 106. This program is a production of the Generally Speaking Podcast Network. You'll find this and other podcasts on our website at gspn.tv. Thanks for listening. A couple of nights ago, Julia came to me and she told me everything. A band had sent her here to find out which of our women were pregnant. While I appreciate your honesty, Jack, it doesn't explain why you brought us out here. Danielle! Show him. Juliet told me they were coming. The first thing I thought was, where the hell are we going to hide this time? Hiding's pointless. They're just going to keep coming back. So I went out and I found some help. And for the past few days, she's been bringing dynamite back from the Black Rock. For the very first time, we know exactly what they want, when they're coming to get it, and they have no idea that we're going to be waiting for them. So tomorrow night, we stop hiding. We stop running. We stop living in fear of them. Because when they show up, we're going to blow them all to hell. We can't transmit because something else is already transmitting. Somewhere close, the signal's strong. Train, how would what they kind of transmission is it? Could be a sat phone, maybe a radio signal. Can we listen to it? Let me get the frequency first. Hold on. Welcome to the weekly Lost Edition of the Generally Speaking Podcast Network. Now, here are your hosts, Stephanie and Cliff. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Weekly Lost Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. And we are here to do our full review of episode number, let's see, season three, episode 21, titled Greatest Hits. Stephanie, uh, let's see here. We have only one more week of Lost. Yeah. It's kind of bittersweet for me. Bittersweet. Explain to me what you mean by bittersweet. Well, I'm kind of sad that it's, you know... The season's ending and it's not going to be back till February. I mean, that's kind of depressing. But, you know, I'm kind of excited to have my life back for a little while. <laughs> have your life back? <laughs> it's been sucking my will to live. It Well, no, it has been sucking my will to live, but it has been. I, I can doodle if I want to doodle. Your doodling is being picked up by my microphone. My doodling is keeping me awake. All right. Doodle or snore? Which one do you think sounds I better? I think snoring would be funnier. <laughs> Just ask uh, Fred uh, from Long yeah. Island. <laughs> I, I I don't snore. That's <laughs> that's your area. Anyway, um, you know we eat, sleep, and breathe lost here. Yes, we on, do on occasion, and we so. occasionally snort. I'm sorry, that was stupid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyway, bittersweet. Okay. So uh, anyway, I am. I, did you have anything else Anything else you wanted to say before we go, like, just bop, pop right into... Uh, no, pop right into it. I'm looking forward to the two-hour finale. Are you? Yeah, I'm looking forward to having lost in two hours on one night. That will be definitely you awesome, know, won't it? Because it, it, it's, when it's a good episode, it's already so good that you forget, you know, how long you've been sitting there and... Yep. All right. So I have been completely distracted during the beginning of this because I was... Obviously. Yeah, I I totally have not been carrying the show yet, have I? You're not even carrying conversation. (laughs) (laughs) That was awful. Should we start over? No, keep going. All right. We're good. We're good to go, I think. Um, If I fall asleep, we'll start over. (laughs) Okay. Sounds good. All right. Well, let's go ahead and do what we normally do in our review of the episodes. And what's that? And that's where we just randomly take audio clips from the show 
and uh, comment them as we go along. I love how what we normally do changes frequently. <laughs> like week to week. That's why I got to ask. Well, what it, what is it this week that we normally do, Cliff? I know. It, it is t- <laughs> do you recall back before we... Back in I, the day. Back in the day. Um, I remember way back at during the hiatus, like after the first six stories and then... Uh, we had that 13-week hiatus, sure. and I remember coming and saying, oh, we are going to do just a short little you know, 10, 15-minute initial reaction, but I'm going to go and research everything for the Friday night show. Yeah, right. Boy, how that just changed and uh, kind of went I, down I, the I drain. Still, I still love how you said that during the summer hiatus <laughs> that we were going to do the review of season one <laughs> this, and season two, yes. and we got like... I don't know. We got seven episodes in, and you're like, "Oh, I really am tired of doing this." Well, it's just that I didn't like season one that much as a second viewing around. It, right. Season season one was the relationship. That was my third time viewing it because it, I watched it when it originally aired, and then I watched it for you to catch up, and then yep. I had to go back and rewatch it again. And and that was definitely season so. one will forever in my mind, except for the so we last will few continually change things around here to keep Cliff interested. All right, I'll just forget. No. no, that's fine. Let's go ahead. What? I was in the mid. I was mid sentence. Yeah, you do that to me all the time. I, I know, and and we had. But discussed it's okay. This. It's okay if you do it to me. It's just not okay. <laughs> no, it's not okay if I do it to you. I know. I'm why trying to stop. Okay. Anyway, well, I'm season just started. <laughs> <laughs> season one, in my mind, will forever be. Would you like to interrupt me now? The relationship crap season. Oh. All right, that's all. See, I, it, it, to, it totally lost all the zing it, after you interrupted I, I me the four times. I thought you were going to rename it another season. It will Can forever. I ask you something? Yeah. <laughs> Who are you people about to go to war with? Oh, that's a long story. Want to ask me something else? <laughs> you having a laugh? Oh, of course not. Never disrespect a fellow Mancunian. You're from Manchester, then. I am. My band got its start at the night and day bar on Oldham Street. <laughs> what band? Oh, we called Drive Shaft. Yeah, yeah, I know you. We had a moment in the sun. No, not that, the crash. You're the dead rock star. They made a big deal out of you when they found the plane. Huge memorial service, new album. It's a new album? Yeah. God, it was everywhere. A greatest hits thing. The greatest hits thing. Charlie, you were a bloody rock god, man. Memorial service and everything. I think it was cool um, the, that uh, she she brought that up because Charlie's like in this whole, she you like, know, yeah. what's my life mean, you know? And I think it was cool that he kind of got some kind of affirmation that his life was more than than just those five things, that there was there was more to him, you know? But of course, maybe the, the five things was, uh, you know, incorporated I, in that, in that, you know, the first time he heard his song on the radio or whatever. Okay. So, what do you think? What, any any thoughts? Or do you have any thoughts that are coming to your mind as you hear well, that clip I was, again? I was just thinking that I was just thinking that when he dove in to the water, and um, you know, right after he knocked Desmond out, I mean, that was really cool, and and took back control. Um, he stuck the little note in in Desmond's pocket for Claire, and I think that when he dived into the water, that he was okay with those five things being. Like his five, you know, like his five moments. And if that's all his life was, those five moments were enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think he need, 
I understand what you're saying that he needed to hear that um, that his life was more but I think that in that and I know that it happened before he jumped out of the boat I'm not you know a moron today but um, <laughs> but I think that he was okay if those five and and in the significance that Claire was number one the, the night I met you I think that that kind of sums up the whole list in itself that if all he ever did was love her then you know, his life was worth something absolutely and uh, it was a it was a very touching moment uh, and we touched on this in the initial reaction podcast but it was a very touching moment when he goes up and and he I mean he literally he's saying his goodbyes you know yeah. and, and I think he did it in yes. a way that is honorable and and stuff like that. So I, I just I really thought that was cool. And of course, I don't know that it would be possible for me to do those things, knowing that this was going to be the last time I see these individuals without tearing up, without crying. I, I just don't think that that's possible. Do you think that's possible? I think it depends on how you are viewing it. OK, tell me tell me what you mean by that. Well, for for Charlie, there was no other way. You know, he had, Desmond had told him and he had come to accept that no one would be rescued. Claire and Aaron would not be rescued if he didn't do this and die. Right. So I think for him, it's more of, for him, it's more making him the hero than, do you yeah, in follow fact, what I'm saying? It, well, I definitely believe that this is about making him the hero. And, and we'll get into what Nadia said to him in London in just a few moments. But uh, what I'm talking about is just basic. I, I understand maybe he's just feel over, you know, overwhelmed with this sense of pride. And that's keeping him and maybe even a sense of shock. And I can if you if you explain it with those two things, I can kind of agree that it's possible right. to go up and, you know, kiss baby Aaron and say, I love you and not choke up and basically. Burst but I out think he tears. did. You, you think he did? He did. He he def, he felt when you saw him with with Aaron, there was an emotion there. And when you saw him with Hurley, there was an emotion there and with Claire, but it wasn't so much that he was protecting them, you know, to break down and to tell them what is going on is unfair to them. I, okay. And so I think that it showed exemplary character on well, his part. And and we're going to go to Amanda in just a moment, but I, I do want to point out one other thing that just came to my mind as, as you were saying that is, you know, Claire knows all about Desmond's predictions. Mm-hmm. Why didn't she kind of on the radar pick up that something was different about Charlie? I think she probably did, and we'll see that later. Do you think so? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's go to Amanda, who is on the line over at TalkShoe.com as we're recording this live on the internet. Amanda, what do you have to say about this? Well, I think Charlie showed a lot of character by punching out Desmond. I can't believe I said that. It sounds weird, but it took a lot of courage to duck him in the boat like that. I think you're absolutely right. I, that was a good twist. I did. It was kind of shocking, and I found myself kind of like, wow, I didn't see that coming, except for when okay. Desmond turned around. I don't know if you felt this way, but it's like, as soon as he turned around, I, I even said to Stephanie before it happened, whack, you know? But seriously, still, it was not something that I saw coming, and I really thought to myself, oh my gosh, all this, and Charlie's been so strong, 
and now he's going to let Desmond go. And and I thought that was a perfect turn of events. But, exactly, I totally agree. So, Amanda, what do you think about? Do you, do you think that that it seemed kind of awkward that number one Charlie didn't kind of get choked up a little bit more, knowing it was going to be his last time to see Claire, or that? Uh, that Claire didn't seem to pick up on this, even though she knows that every time Desmond comes around, it's about predicting his death? Um, I think Charlie probably had that rush of adrenaline when anyone's a big hero and they know they're going into the final battle. But I'm surprised Claire wasn't more weepy or, Charlie, don't go! Claire surprised me more than Charlie. Well, see, I, I, I disagree, because there was the whole... Jack said all of this has to happen at the same time. So they were, Claire was packing up and heading, you know, and getting ready to head on this hike with, you know, the baby and all the stuff that she would need with all the others, with all of the other losties who were heading into the jungle while Desmond and and Charlie were going out in the boat. So I think we may see her hit that emotion in hindsight and say, wow, why didn't I realize that this was going on? But, you, I mean... She was in her, she was busying herself. Right. I understand. I I, I, I I can see that. And I just wanted to point out that I just, I just found it a little surprising because I can just imagine that Charlie and Claire in between some, for ever since the, what is that, par avion, that they had some conversations that Desmond's out there saving his life and the island's trying to kill him. And that... Well, she knows that. I, that's what I'm saying. And okay. I just didn't think... I just thought for sure that she would have tried to protest a little bit more. You know, if more. that's the case, why didn't she protest when he went camping with Desmond? I'm like, hello, I know. camping in the jungle in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, I guess maybe, and, and then again, and here's the other point. Maybe that, she just has faith that Desmond will save him. That's exactly. You you just hit it, I, and that was a thought that just came to me, is that, well, perhaps maybe she just thinks that, that Desmond's always there to protect, and that's what he's there for. Right. But he didn't, of course, tell her that, you know, Desmond says, this time you got to die, Charlie. Right. All right. So let's uh, take a look at um, clip number three here on my board. We need to talk about Naomi's phone. Not now. If you're angry, I doubt it. You'll be happy to make a sincere apology later. But now we have a Look, I'm a little bit busy right now, Said. And I'm trying to get us off this island, Jack. I can't Jack. transmit using this phone because Daniel's distress signal is overriding the frequency. If you tell me where the radio tower is, I can go there, switch off your message, and call for help. Her signal has been playing for the last 16 years and nobody has heard it. What makes you think you'll have better luck? Naomi's boat is only 80 miles offshore. I know if we eliminate Daniel's signal, they'll hear us. No, they won't. And why is that? We're jamming it. What? Ben is using one of the Dharma stations to block all of the signals off of the island except for ours. What station? They call it the looking glass. The looking glass? Yes, but it's underwater. I have no idea where it is. I believe I do. I believe I do. All right, Stephanie, anything, any thoughts about that just right off the bat? Um, I just love when Saeed yells at Jack. That was good. You know, because I think, I, mean, I know that this happens in this house. Um, a lot of the times the urgent takes over the important absolutely and so the things that that seem to be the most urgent like you know moving people and and planting dynamite and blowing people up you know the urgent seems to outweigh the important which is getting off of this island 
Right. And, and Saeed stood up for the important and said, look, you know, this is what we need to do. You need to give it some attention. Absolutely. And um, what I wanted to point out is, um, well, actually, not what I want to point out, but this is the... F- this is the first time we actually have confirmation of the underwater hatch. Or, okay, Correct. The underwater station, which we all kind of, um, you know, basically we had suggested that, you know, that this is there because of that cable. All, was that season one when no, we saw the cable? Was, I don't know. I can't remember. I, I think it was actually season two. I, I have no idea anymore. But um, no, it was back when Rousseau uh, Hurley went to go get his freaking answers. No, Saeed's the first one who found it. Well, I know it. that, but I'm just saying, when was the Hurley going to go get his freaking answers? I don't know. I can't remember. So, they all run together now. Yeah. I, there, there's no decisive cut of the seasons in my mind. Right. So they just all run together now. Uh, Eric is saying that that was back with the numbers. Uh, season one. Okay, so so okay. we we've been speculating that there was an under underwater hatch since season one, episode eighteen. So thank you very much, uh, my fact checking department online. Uh, that's why I love doing a live Lost podcast because you have these people out there that that know way more about Lost than we do, and they actually just make us look really good. So uh, thanks, Eric, and the rest of you folks that are in the chat room who were spitting out answers there. Uh, anyway, we got Rodimus Ben, who has been on our live show several times in the past. He called in a comment regarding the name of this station, which is the Looking Glass. And I want to play that for us right now because he has a lot of good uh, insight into this. Hey, Cliff and Stephanie. This is Rodimus Ben. Um, I did some more research on the Looking Glass uh, and where that comes from, which is the sequel to Alice in Wonderland. And I just wanted to give you a little bit of background information on that because I think it, it might have huge implications on the mythology of Lost. Um, to quote briefly from Wikipedia, um, this is about the Through the Looking Glass book, um, which is, the, again, the sequel to Alice in Wonderland. Uh, the Looking Glass world is divided into sections by brooks, with the crossing of each brook usually signifying a notable change in the scene and action of the story. The brooks represent the division between squares on the chessboard, and Alice crossing them signifies the advancing of her piece, one square. Um, so in this book, Alice wonders what the world would be like on the other side of a mirror, and she passes through a mirror into a fantasy land like Wonderland. Um, it's, I believe that the Looking Glass Station is where the submarine has to dock when it arrives on the island because it actually serves as a portal between the island and the rest of the world. Um, the island, in, I, I believe, exists in a pocket reality where events uh, unfold differently, which would be why uh, Naomi believes that the plane crashed when, in fact, in the island's reality, uh, the survivors survive. Um, so just just as in the, through the looking glass, uh, she's it's like a portal to another world. I believe that the reason the sub has to stop at the station at the looking glass station is because it's effectively passing through a portal from the rest of the world to the island world. Um, well, look forward to your podcast on Friday, and I hope I can be there. Bye. All right, Ben. Thank you very much, and. Um you know, that is, this whole idea of going through a portal, I remember trying to pass that off as my own theory a long time ago, only 
more of a remember back in the numbers episode when Lenny was playing the Connect Four mm-hmm. and he was putting in all the, the And the constellation was backwards? Exactly. They had the big dipper and if you look at it it was actually backwards and that you know, I had suggested that perhaps they were they Viewing went doing it from another side. Exactly, on on the other side of the galaxy, and they had actually traveled through some kind of space portal, and they were no longer on on Earth. And I wonder if that, you know, this looking glass, traveling through the looking glass, actually is a portal into this place, so... Mm. It, it, it's definitely an interesting theory, and, and Ben, I really thank you for that. And, of course, I don't think it's a huge spoiler if we tell folks that next week's episode is called nice. Through the Looking, the Looking Glass. Glass. So, very cool. We got Heather B. on the line. And, uh, Heather, what do you got for us? Yeah, I just wanted to mention about Charlie and um, you know, saying goodbye. The fact that he left his ring. I don't know if anybody caught that. Absolutely. Oh, yes, absolutely. That was... Uh, that was that was almost it, it. I mean, it was a very emotional thing to see it. So I think they told the story well. Was he expecting maybe somebody to pick up on that, or, or Claire to pick up on that? You think? I think so. I think that when Claire gets back, whether that be next week in the in the finale, or we don't see that until season four, that I think that when Claire gets back and finds that ring, that the realization of what just happened will probably start to sink in. Right. And we're going to bring on Mandy, who's on the line, and and she didn't request a talk, so hopefully I don't put her on the spot too bad. But she typed something in the chat chat room that I think I'm going to, rather than tell everybody what it is, I'll let her say. Mandy, what what did you see as a concern there? (laughs) I didn't think of it on my own, but... uh... Even my coworkers were saying today, uh, yeah, you never put a ring in a crib for a baby to choke on. I thought about that, too. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, they were saying, why not tie it to the crib with, you know, a piece of twine or something, or the extra wire they have from the wreckage, which doesn't exist, but... Yeah. <laughs> you could tell that perhaps not a... Well, if you, th- if you think about it, you know, to us, that baby should be like a toddler, but... Um, and, and sometimes they cast a co- toddler to play that baby, but in island time, he really is only, you know, a few months old and probably wouldn't be able to grasp at that yeah. ring just yet. Stephanie, now you and I have three kids. Whether or not they'd probably not be able to... No, would, we wouldn't have done it, but... Okay, that, that's what we're saying. And that, I think that the writers of the of Lost, whoever wrote this episode, probably haven't, haven't had hadn't had young children in quite some time or maybe never had so okay no I, I, but i agree tell me who wrote the show and i'll see if they have kids there you go stephanie's gonna go digging all right and so uh that was a good catcher i i didn't think of it until i, I just thought saw of it. i thought of it when i was watching it but um but yeah i don't know all right well let's go to our that next was a oh, good catch nope. though. Uh, X-Force 11. Uh, we got Jeff okay, Gentry Jeff. on the line, and Jeff's got something before we go to the next clip. Go ahead. Hello, Jeff. Did we lose Jeff? I think we... Uh, Sorry, had... I was muted. Oh, there he is. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Sorry, Jeff. I had myself muted. Um, I was just wondering about uh, Charlie's relative, who the ring stands for, if There'll be some type of uh, tie-in to maybe the Black Rock or somebody else with uh, 
Dexter Stratton, uh, if that's going to be part of the mythology that he's tied somehow to the Black Rock or something else. Just a question to think about for uh, next season or something like that. Makes sense. That definitely is something that I guess we can be uh, on the lookout for, for sure. Very cool. Uh, did you have anything else about this looking glass that you could think of, uh, Jeff, That before we move on to the next uh, item of business? Not right offhand. Thanks. No problem. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, we're going to go ahead and play our next clip. Oh, we do have Eric Fisher on the line. I, I'm, that, I love having these live shows because I unfortunately did not do enough <laughs> show prep this week. And so this is good that we're having lots of conversation here. And I want to encourage anybody out there who uh, is on the line, feel free to call in, dial up, and hit uh, the request to talk button as often as you want to tonight. So Eric Fisher, you are on the line. Hey, I just wanted to say that uh, Alice went through the looking glass uh, when she was following the white rabbit, and the white rabbit is the symbol for that looking glass station. Oh, I didn't see that. Hmm. Yeah. Sweet. How interesting. I know there's, there's screen caps out there for it. Very cool. Alex gutted a white rabbit. <laughs> there's significance there, too, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and Ben likes his white rabbits. Yes. All righty. Yeah. Well, very interesting. Thank you very much. I'm glad you picked that up because, uh, again, I did not do a thorough job of preparing for our, our so-called full review of this episode. But this is this is good. We got live and we're getting a full review with the help of our friends. So we got our good friend from down under. Uh, how, yeah. are you, how are you doing this fine sen- Saturday afternoon there, uh, Steve? Well, yeah, it is Saturday afternoon, but yeah, there's rain clouds in the sky. But that's good because we're a bit short of water around uh, Australia at the moment. I've heard about that. Although I do have 4,000 litres in a tank in the backyard, so that's good. There you go. So what do you got for us today? Well, I'm just thinking the, um, the underwater station looks rather modern compared to all the other stations that uh, Dharma have. Yeah, it did. It did seem to look a little bit more modern. Is there anything specific that you noticed that 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 kind of just stood out to you at all? No, just the inside. You know, when you first see it, you think, you know, this looks like something. Well, yeah, out of a Thunderbirds for one thing, but uh, it just looks so much um, more, you know, high tech and you know, well built compared to you know, like the communication station where uh, Mikhail was, or you know, the the. Hydra station and things like that. It just looked a lot more modern. Well, do you think there's any, um, Steve, do you think there's any ind- indication in the words that I've never been down there or I don't know anybody that's ever been down there uh, that maybe indicates that, you know, while they know that this thing's down there, but most people don't go down there because there's something else happening that, that nobody's supposed to know about? I mean, I, I don't even know what I'm saying, but do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I'm sure Ben Ben definitely knows about it, and because the submarine must go down there to replenish supplies and things like that, the two girls down there are probably uh, a little bit worried because they probably haven't had much communications with anybody uh, since Mikhail's station blew up, which I suspect is how they talked to the uh, underwater place. And, uh, you know, the lock is supposed to have blown up the sub, but whether he actually has blown it up or not, my theory's a little bit different on that. I think he went and hit the sub somewhere else and then just blew up the end of the dock. I agree with you 100% on that. I definitely do not believe the sub has been blown up. All right. So, uh, yeah. yeah, that's my theory, so, yeah, I'll put my two bob worth in. 
Very cool. Well, thank you very much, Steve. And, and we encourage you to request to talk again anytime during the show tonight. And we're going to go back to Heather B. one more time. Heather, go ahead. I just wanted to make a comment. A looking glass is a magnifying glass. Right. I wonder if that's what they're trying to do with something. It, it gets mag- Maybe the radio signals get magnified. Hmm. That That's interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely the, the fact that, you know, the looking glass can be viewed as, as something, maybe, maybe it's the looking glass outside the, out to the outside world, or this is the way that, you know, that you can look into the world of the island or what have you. There are all kinds of interesting things there. I'll tell you, let's go to the next audio clip and, uh, talk about this whole Charlie thing. Well, I saw Charlie was... Claire and her baby get into a helicopter. A helicopter that that lifts off, leaves this island. Are you sure? Aye. Rescue helicopter. On this beach. This island, that's what you saw. We're getting bloody rescued. I thought you were gonna tell me I was gonna die again. Yeah, Charlie. If you don't, none of it'll happen. There won't be any rescue. This time you have to die. Okay, this time you have to die. If you don't do it, then we won't get rescued. What do you think, Steph? I don't think Charlie's going to die. Yet. Okay. I, I I don't know what I think. Maybe I just don't want Charlie to die. I, I definitely don't want Charlie to die. And I don't think that he's going to die in the se- the season finale. I, I really Excuse don't. Me. However, in just a few minutes, we're going to talk about the guy that I do think is going to die. But right. we're not going to get there yet. But uh, so the whole flashes thing is 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 just a, a really neat story arc. I, I've already exhausted, I think, everything that I want to say about it. And in the listener feedback, I can't remember if it's either Anna from Portland or Jamie from Burbank that actually are questioning the whole name um, Penelope on, on at the end of the flashes on the island. So since I don't know which one it is, we'll wait until we get to the listener feedback and then I'll comment on that. But okay. anyway, um, we do have Steve on the line and he wants to comment on this whole flash thing here. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah. Uh, well, I think Desmond's actually going to go down and rescue Charlie. Oh, yeah. Desmond's going to wake up and then pop down and rescue Charlie. Yes, I I totally agree with you, one hundred percent. Yeah, because we'll never mind. That's a spoiler. People ah. don't watch the previews. There are some people. Well, who... that, that's one thing in Australia. We don't get the previews. We yeah. only get the raw show, and we don't even get the credits at the end because the bit time just chops them off at the end. Huh? Really? That's interesting. That is interesting. Well, I so you... I won't say what I was going to say because. Well, you will say it, but we'll leave it for the spoiler section. Well, then I probably. That's... That's why I love the spoiler section. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve. We'll talk a little bit about about your theory about Desmond at, in the spoiler section. So let's go ahead. Uh, I don't see anybody else requesting to talk about Charlie, and he's got to die this time. So we are going to move right on down to clip number five. Now, this is the looking glass. It's an underwater Dharma station. Please, can you tell me anything you might know about this place? I've never been down there. I don't know anyone who has. Why not? There was some accident. Ben told us that the station was completely flooded. Well, if it's flooded, then how does it still work? How it still works is irrelevant. The question is, how do we get it to stop working so we can use the satellite phone? 
The diagram shows that the looking glass is connected to the island by a cable. I feel sure that this is the very same cable down the beach which runs into the ocean. So if we follow the cable, it should lead us to the station. So how are we going to get in? We swim in. There's a moon pool. A room with an open floor at the base of the station. Big enough for a submarine to dock. Even if the station's flooded, I think I'll be able to find the relay switch and disable it. What about swimming back out? No. Now, I'm not letting you go on some suicide mission just to flip the switch. Someone has to do it or we'll never leave this island. I'll do it. All right. So we have been interrupted by our young I'll children. Go. And uh, we're going to pause for just a moment. Okay. So we're back. And I uh, want to thank everybody in the chat room for uh, patiently standing by as uh, we took care of a little family business here. Stephanie, welcome back to the studio. Thank you. Thank you very much for taking care of the family business. I, I, I know you're giving me the evil eye, and I use the word we. I, I totally got it. So yeah. those of you who are watching on the stream, you saw Cliff got the evil eye. I see that quite often as I usually use the wrong uh, pronouns. Is that right? Pronouns? I think that that's what those things are called. It's been a while since I've been in school. So anyway, um, yeah, the the only thing I really want to point out about this clip here uh, is that um, the, they talk about the accident again. And we haven't really heard about the she accident. She called it an accident. Normally we call it an incident. an incident. Right. But I will tell you that... I think we know enough to not believe anything that Ben says. So if Ben told us about an accident, chances are what Ben said is not the truth. Exactly. Um, so, and well, the thing is, is that Juliet said that Ben had told everybody that it had been flooded after the accident. Completely flooded is what she said. Right. And then it's funny to hear Saeed kind of talk about this and say, you know, there's going to be a moon pool. And and you hear him go it's big on enough for a submarine to dock <laughs> exactly, and then he did come back and he said that uh, even if it is flooded, so it's like what do you mean even if it is? And I guess maybe the the point is is that he doesn't even believe right. anything Ben would say. You know what I want to point out about that clip is that um, was it last week? It was last week when. Um, Mikhail got so much slack for pointing out the obvious. Yes. You know, with the sonar thing, the sonar fence not being, obviously not being turned up. And uh, so he was not dead. Um, Saeed points out the obvious in there when he says, and I'm pretty sure this is the black cable that runs into the ocean. <laughs> it's like, I, it, it was kind of like that. It was kind of like, it, it's as if... The people who are still watching Lost this far into it would not know. It's kind of like saying, "Exactly." oh, do you guys remember in season one, episode number 18, right before I found Danielle, this is how I found her because yeah. of this cable? So you're, you're absolutely right. This is yet another incident of where they're speaking the obvious. I think even a casual viewer would remember. The, the cord on the beach. I don't know. I, I, I'm hearing people... Well, you, I'll call Sarah you, and I'll ask her. You do. Because you're you're referring uh, to the flack that the writers got. Well, that flack came from me. And I seem to... I know. So, I was just being nice. I know. But <laughs> I seem to be the only one who 
thought that that was ridiculous that they had to say they had to actually have him speak the words where well, the fence was not turned up to a lethal le- level you know it's like duh right uh, but anyway so and, and that just happened a few weeks before that episode where he spoke the obvious so for them to do it i i don't know anyway okay so yeah we've we've covered that now because they just re un covered the cord when they went camping Desmond and Charlie and, and, and Hurley and Jen yeah I mean Saeed so, saw it Hurley saw it and yeah. then just the recently once again and and so did they really need to say it but the thing anyway, is it, so it, I just wanted to point that out it to you fits. since you gave him such a hard time I know thank you because uh, I, I forgot to point it out this time but but the thing is 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 that it, it didn't stick out so far. It didn't that what he said there did not insult my intelligence as a viewer. Whereas I personally and I know that I'm in the major minority. <laughs> is that an oxymoron? Major minority? I don't know. I am in the minority when I say that I felt that they were uh insulting my intelligence when they said, you know, the it was not set to a lethal level. Anyway, moving right along, uh, let's talk about Carl for just a moment. Hey! Look there! Look! Get off him, damn it! It's okay! What? He's one of them! I know! I know! It's okay! He was in the cage next to me. I know this guy. He's my roommate. <laughs> what the hell are you doing here, Carl? They're so coming. Nice. My people. Sorry you came all this way for nothing, but we already know. Then why are you still here? Because when your people show up here tomorrow night, we're going to be ready for them. Tomorrow? No. No, they're coming tonight. They're coming right now. They're coming tonight. They're no. coming right now. They're coming tonight. They're coming right now. Right. Do you, do you hear? The urgency. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Urgency there. I totally dug... So why is it okay for... Sawyer to bring back, uh, well, not bring back, but say, you know, hey, stop beating him up. He's one of them. I know. He, you know. So why is that okay for Sawyer to trust one of them, but not for Jack? Well, I, I can answer that because he was in the cage next to me. Although he has no Although, idea whether or not he was a plant. Right. Hello. But, but obviously we know that he wasn't. And but- everything that Juliet has told Jack... Jack believes exactly is is her. So the thing is, though, is that they've both been manipulated. They have been. the The one thing I will say is that you know, for Sawyer, you know, Carl, of course, and Alex helped him get away. Him and Kate. So, so he and had Julia he, didn't help Jack get away. Uh, did he? Or did she? I don't think she did. They left them behind. Remember. But they tried to before. Okay. She didn't help him when Ben was going to let them go. I don't know that she really had much to do with it. Okay. Honestly. But but if you think so, that's cool with me. She let Jack and uh, uh, Sawyer and Kate go. She did. She killed Pickett. Yeah. She did. In front of Sawyer. So why doesn't... Ah. Thank you. You just... Oh. Thank you. Sawyer, what's your deal? Why aren't you defending Juliet? Don't you know Juliet's a good... She's a good woman. She she killed Pickett so that you could get away. I mean, hello. She helped you. 
Steph, now you made me angry. Now, not not you made me angry, but now I'm angry. Sawyer shouldn't be giving Jack such a hard time. Oh, man. I'm glad I have you around to make me angry. <laughs> Heather um, B., you're, right, but you're back I'm on the line. I'm glad I have you around to make me angry, too. Yeah, <laughs> Thank I you, babe. I just want to mention Juliet also made them Paul Rock, too. And that's not very nice. <laughs> Pickett made them Paul Rocks. <laughs> Juliet offered them water. That's right. And, of course, Sawyer didn't take the water. Right. But that's uh, his own stupidity. Edith Baker's on the line, and she decided she wanted to talk for just a moment, and she took her she little request her right away. So, uh, Edith, we'll give you one more second to hit the button again if you want. Oh, there she is. We knew you couldn't resist, Edith. Hi. Fast fingers. Uh, one thing about Juliet, that she killed Pickett, not because she wanted to be helpful, but because Ben told her to let them go. But she was answering to Ben. She was not answering to her good heart. Uh, ben didn't say kill Pickett. No, he didn't. I'm pretty tell sure she got Pickett. punished for that. And no, Ben did not tell her to kill Pickett. But she told him. No, he told her to go ahead and let them go. So it was not really something she wanted to do. Whereas Carl was always a rebel, and and that's what Sawyer saw that this guy tried very hard to be rebel and be against the others, whereas she was playing the game with them. I got you. So let me ask you this, Edith. Do you like Juliet? I have very mixed feelings about her. I think she is on her own agenda. She wants to leave, and she doesn't care how she goes and who she tramples as long as she gets out of the island. You don't think she... Do you think maybe her heart changed at all when... When she actually got into the other's camp, hang, hung out with Sun for a little bit, and you, no, you don't I think, think she's, she, she's, they're really growing on her? No, I think she's still with Cahoots with uh, Ben. I think she doesn't care who she steps on as long as she gets out of the island. Okay. I, I, I value that thought and that theory and that opinion because there are definitely a, a, not, a lot of people who share that with you. And, and uh, you know, I, I totally see where you're coming from. Uh, but personally, I, I'm rooting for her to be just this really sensitive individual who is stuck between a rock and a hard place. And in her heart, she knows deep down inside what's right and what's wrong. And she is now siding with the Losties as a result of knowing that they're the victims of Ben and all these things that he wants to do. That That's just my own personal feelings. But I totally get where you're coming from. And so uh, very cool. All right, so we are going to go to our next clip, and it is... Hey, when did you get back? Just now. Where's Locke? Here's your gun back. Ben, what's going on? Where's Ryan? He's at his tent. Are you are you? It's alone? time to get them. But you said tomorrow. Jacob wants it to happen now. What happened out there? Did John see John it? had an accident. Ryan? Yes, sir. If you leave right now, how long will it take you to reach their camp? If I take my ten best, we can set up to hit them by nightfall. Then you better get going. No, no, Ben. Wait, m- moving up the schedule, but Juliet may not be ready. What if she hasn't had time ben to identify we'll take all, all the- their women? And we'll sort out the ones we need later. And the men? If any of them are stupid enough to get in your way, kill them. All right, so we have three things here. First off, um, we have Alex asking 
been Where's Locke? And of course, I think that we're all asking that question, to be honest with you. Where is Locke? And then, of course, we have Richard basically like, dude, you know, hold on. Wait a second, Ben. Uh, this isn't the plan. And he's he you can tell that Ben or that Richard definitely questions Ben's authority on every which level. And I'm glad that they're showing these clips, Stephanie, because here's what I was thinking is that I thought that when Ben or I, I originally thought that when Richard went to Locke and gave him the folder, that that was Ben setting that up. It was a it was a manipulation and that was going, you know, that's how it was going. But the more I'm watching this play out, I really do believe that that Richard doesn't have any confidence in Ben as a leader. Does that make sense? It does. What do you have any thoughts on that? No. Not on that particularly. Um I I think if he doesn't have confidence in Ben as a leader, he's smart. Right. And then, of course... I, go ahead. No, go ahead. No. I, I don't want to cut you off. Read your third point. Okay, then. and the other one is that Ben is now willing to just simply slaughter anybody that gets in the way. Pretty much. Um, but I think he always was. The, I just, listening back, just pick this up um, because we made such a big deal about another clip. Um, Juliet tells them, Ben said there was an accident. And Ben tells Alex John had an accident. Well, John's accident was Ben's on purpose. So... Did he cause the accident in the looking glass? Yes. Or the supposed accident, right? Yeah, that would be my point. All right. Well, let's go to a man... Other people's accidents seem to be Ben's on purposes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they do. Uh, Amanda, you're back on the line. What do you have? Well... I think if Richard is, in fact, way older than Ben, he might have a hard time submitting to his authority. Yeah. If he was there and Ben took over, he might kind of be unsure about it. I think you're absolutely right. I, I, I totally agree with that because, um, you know, we did get that that glimpse of, you know, Richard talking to young Ben, the little boy Ben. And, and it seems to me, and, and of course in my mind, I imagine... That, you know, when Ben, you know, was sneaking away from the camp, as he he probably often did or whatever, I'm sure that, that Richard played a role in really leading him and guiding him and understanding, you know, whatever it is that they do or whatever it is they believe. And, and then could it be that, that Richard is bitter because he was not chosen by Jacob to lead or something like that? What do you think, Steph? I don't know. Okay. I'm processing all of that. You still haven't woken up. That's your deal. I was never asleep. Okay. Physically. Physically, no. But, but I do have a toddler. Yes, you do. Didn't take a nap today. I gotcha. So, um, but anyway, the the one thing is, is that... Uh, I, I really do believe that there's something that's going to be seen in the future, uh, probably in season four. Early on, we're going to see a lot of Richard and Ben. Yeah, I I, say, I think that I'm under the impression that, that Richard did respect Ben as the leader at one time. Okay. I think that this is newfound... Um, Disrespect. Yes. I, I could. Do you think... Wow, wait a second. Do you think... That, you know, obviously it seemed that when Richard was trying to coerce 
Juliet to come to the island. He he seemed to be pretty gung-ho about whatever it is that was going on. Do you think maybe Ben not keeping his word to Juliet? It could be. Maybe he didn't keep his word to Richard either. That's Okay. Maybe I mean I know that we saw Richard there before, but you know maybe he wanted to you know go out and try it. I don't know. Yeah, right. I mean you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. It, it doesn't have to be about leaving the island. Ben probably just didn't keep his word to Richard either. Right. I liked how they did the story arc of this. I like how they they went from you know showing us. Um, I liked how they showed us. I can't remember the order. Help me remember this. It was Carl comes up and tells them at the camp, right? And then it was, then it was uh, Ben and Richard talking about moving the schedule up, and then it was Alex going and telling Carl. That that was yes. the sequence of events, and yes. I really ha- I really liked how they did that, how they exposed that in, in out of order chronologically, but in a way that, that answers questions as you're asking them. Right. You know, well, not that we really asked the question of how did Carl find out, but but it was neat how they told the story. And I, and I just want to point out that you know that's just some of the writing that these writers do that just really totally uh, well, make the show writers. awesome. They are. But uh, let's see here. The next uh, item of business is clip number nine, the revised plan. Is that everything? Yeah. So what are you going to do? We have to leave now. Hide. Where? It's their island. If they want to kill us, they'll find us. We have enough wire yet. Not even close. I'm going to figure out a different way of setting that dynamite off. We could shoot. We don't have enough guns. He said that ten of them are coming, armed. Not the others, the tents. We could camouflage the dynamite next to the tents, target it from our positions at the tree line. Juliet Mark 310, that means we need three guns. Whoa! Here, you can have mine too. I'll be a third. We'll take your gun, but you're not staying here. You're going to lead everyone to the radio tower. Everyone. Radio tower? No, if this doesn't work, we can't risk losing the chance of getting in contact with Naomi's boat. So everything has to happen at the same time. I have a question for you. I have no idea why uh, this is really my main thought uh, process after hearing that clip, Steph. But when was the last time we got a good Hurley episode? I, and not so much a hurry, hur, Hurley-centric episode, but a real good Hurley episode. Or never mind. We just recently had one. I just answered my own question. And it was back when he, he conned. Well, yeah, you're right. We did have... Gosh, man. I, it, that seems like... Does it, is it me or does that seem like forever ago? It seems like forever ago. It does. But uh, we also had Hurley playing the con on Sawyer. Yeah, that was so, good. That was I, I, really I was good. just thinking, we haven't, I, I, for a second, I, I had forgotten about that. And I'm thinking, when was, the, when was the last time that we had the Hurley coming up with the idea of, to do the census kind of thing? You know, it's, it's been a while. But then there was the whole, you know, con of Sawyer, you're the leader in town now. Right. So yeah. Okay. I, I'm I'm happy now that I know that. And and I, those are some of my favorite story. You know, storylines when when Jorge Garcia gets some really good lines and and really adds to the act the the adventure of what's happening. Right. Rather than being the comic relief, like you know, dude, don't you know, watch out with the gun or the you know, hey, I didn't really want to go on your stupid boat anyway. Right. You know. So when he uh, has some really good. He, he, they dialogue. do. Yeah, I really enjoy it when they give him good dialogue and when he really impacts the characters on the island 
for the good. And and I really like that side of Hurley. Let's see here. Uh, Nadia. Uh, no, let's let's forget about Nadia for just a moment. Let's uh, go and talk about Bernard is going to die. Now, this is not a spoiler. Don't get angry at Cliff because Cliff has not listened to any spoilers. He has not read any spoilers. And so this is per- pure speculation based upon this clip. There you go. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm just joking. I know. It's funny though. You want me to hit another one? Nope, you've made your point. Bernard, this is not pheasant hunting in Montgomery County. I know what I'm doing. No, you don't. Pheasants don't shoot back. Nothing's gonna happen to me, Ross. I just have to shoot a tent, and I'll be right behind you. Then I'm staying too. No, you're not, Rose. Everyone's gathering down at the south end of the beach. No one's staying behind with the shooters. Says who? You want to give me your word that nothing's going to happen to my husband? Then I'll go. I'll give you my word that if we don't kill everyone who shows up here in about an hour, it's not going to matter where Bernard is. I like you better since you got back, Jack. You're almost an optimist. Come on. You're going to be hiding in the bushes. Let's get you into something dark. All right, so uh, very good clip, I think. And here's what I think is going to happen. I do not think Charlie's going to die, but I do believe Bernard will. What do you think, Steph? I think that since that's the first time we've seen him all season, that that would be a... a I mean, what else? Viable assumption. I, I mean, somebody asked why kill off in the chat room. Somebody asked why kill off Bernard. I mean, how? I mean, because it's easier than asking, answering, where has he been well, all it, season? Yeah, well, they, they kind of, you know what? Um, there was a line at the very end of that clip, and I don't have the ability to go right to the end of it. And But she says, let's go, Bernard. If you're going to be hiding in bushes, let me go. I, was that a nod from the writers? That you know, where's Bernard and Rose been? It, have they hiding. been? Have they been hiding in the bushes? <laughs> All right, that's just wrong. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that's close mind in the gutter. But anyway, um, the other thing is is that you, the and somebody else, I think it was uh, Eric Fisher in the room said, um, you know, wouldn't that make uh, Rose? What do you? Let me see if I can find out what he said here just a second ago. Uh, wouldn't that make the stewardess Cindy the last person that you know of the tailies? And the answer to that is no, because we still have the kids. Right. There was the little boy and the little girl. So, um, yeah. So they would definitely have the kids still. And then uh, let's see. Edith Baker has something she wants to add. Edith, go right ahead. And they had a whole bunch of others that they didn't name that they took, like nine people. Yes, you're and right. She said. They took, they, then they took nine of us. Then they took this. Remember how she was telling everybody. So that's still open. So they could bring some other tailies in if they want to. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, this, this that's a good point. And I want to just say that, um, yeah, I'll say it here. The, the whole Paulo and Nikki thing, I know I keep going back to this, but I just want to say how much I still am disappointed, even this far into it, that they ever brought those two characters on the way that they did. And the idea of how in the world can we possibly bring in new characters into the show, I mean, they're showing us time and time again how you can do that. 
for example, um, Edith, you know, says, you know, here's here's an opportunity. We have the people, the adults who were actually taken by the others from the tail section, and or the tail section, and so therefore, there's a whole list of ways that you could have brought a Rodrigo Santoro and a Kylie Sanchez into the to the lost and and not have such a knee jerk reaction from fans who who turn around and hate those characters and despise the fact that they ever right. even showed up on this show. Um, and then, of course, they did this most brilliant thing of bringing these individuals who we never anticipated seeing down in the looking glass. I mean, that was awesome. So, that was very cool. Yes. But let's go ahead and uh, go over to Nadia. Oi! You, stop! Oi! Get the hell away from us! What are you doing? Leave her alone! You okay, Miss? Yes. I think so, yes. Here you go. Pardon me while I have a heart attack. Last time I was in a fight, I was eight years old. (laughs) And I lost. (sighs) Well, that makes you even more of a hero, doesn't it? I just did what anyone would do. Three people walked by the alley. What? They saw me. But they just kept on going. You are a hero, sir. And don't let anyone ever tell you differently. All right, so you are a hero, Stephanie. What do you think about this? I think he he will be. He is to Nadia. Um, I thought that was her when we were watching it on Wednesday. Yes, that's Saeed's woman. Okay. So we've seen her in England with Charlie and in the States with Locke now. Yeah, Los Both. Angeles with Locke. And we've seen her, in, yes. And then, was she somewhere else? Just with Saeed in Iraq, okay. I thought. Okay, I think you're right. Is that right? I don't yeah. know. So basically, she, she, know. she is showing up all over the place, that's for sure. Uh, but the question is, is there? Is this just your typical... Is she on the run? I, I don't know. I, I I would I'd like to know a little bit more about Nadia. I would too. Other than just seeing her in passing, you know, with little cameo shots here and there, I'd like to know more about that story. And I was, you know, I was wondering, you know, why they didn't give us a little bit more of Nadia in the last Saeed flashback. You know what I'm saying? That was an yeah. opportunity for us to get a little bit more of that. But we're gonna go to Rachel Zizi Lisi on the line here. Rachel, go right ahead. I don't know if anybody else noticed, but when Charlie wrote that down on his list, he said that um, she called him a hero outside a convent garden. Yes. I don't know if it means anything. Do you think maybe that she was a member, maybe she was like um, the Sound of Music, she had been on the run (laughs) and she was in a convent? Could have been, yeah. All right, so Mark Cooper is saying... Uh, covent, not convent. So uh, a covent garden. So whatever a covent garden is. So that fact- happens when two dyslexic people try to watch uh, Lost together. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's a place, and I, I guess a place supposedly in London, so that it would be a, a, a further, uh, probably a, a further uh, way of saying exactly where describing these, where they were. Yeah. So so that they know it's in London, I guess. Uh, anyway, um, 
So thank you. See, this is the beauty. This is the beauty of fact checking here, and and so we no longer have any errors in the weekly loss podcast. That's not true. Okay. So uh, let's see here. That pretty much takes care of it. It was kind of neat okay. to see Nadia again, but again, I, I do want to see what happened to her. And then, of yeah, course, I'd love to hear more about her. And here is Stephanie's favorite line between Jack and Saeed. Better get going. Musso says it's about a day's walk up to the radio tower. I'm not taking them to the tower. You are. Excuse me? You're not staying behind. This was my idea. And I'm perfectly capable of executing it. I owe them. What are you more concerned with? Killing the others? Or getting our people off this island? This afternoon you said you were our leader. It's time for you to act like one. Lead them to the radio tower, Jack. And then take us all home. Alrighty. So, Stephanie, we've already talked about it a little bit where you had said, but but do you want to add anything else to your thoughts on that? I don't know if there's anything else to add. It's just simply, um, you know, great leaders, ex, um, you know, make great plans or great coaches make great plays. But you have to, you know, there are times where you have to step back and let someone else execute that because sometimes that's the most important part of being a leader. Wow, that was totally awesome, Stephanie. Thanks. You you totally shine. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here I'm we go. Totally tired. Let's let's take a look. What was going on with that those uh, napkins or whatever that stuff Charlie was writing about? We're here. Wanting to give this to Claire for me. What is it? It's the five best moments of my sorry excuse for my life. You don't have to do this, Charlie. What? I'll go. No, you... You flashes. Maybe... I keep seeing you die because... I'm supposed to take your place. What about your girl? To die. Penny. What about your girl? Besides... I might be luckier than you. <laughs> keep your memories to yourself. I know what to say. Well, you can tell me who they are. The way about is. Right there behind you. That was awesome. You and I both know. You're supposed to take my place, brother. All right. So, as I was playing that, I saw somebody in the chat room talking about the last clip, kind of the, the flashback to London with Nadia. Okay. You know how they started, and so I apologize for jumping around here, but uh, do you know how they played that same song? So this is gonna, so you're gonna save me or whatever. You're my wonder wall or whatever. Uh, and he was playing, you know, in front. I, yes. They they had mentioned that he had different clothing on, and uh, I I know I promised to put some stuff in the show notes last week, and it just got crazy, and I apologize. I'm just gonna tell you in the podcast here to to go to lost. Easter eggs dot blogspot dot com. Lost Easter eggs dot blogspot dot com. And you can see the um, screen captures that do a side by side, or I'm sorry, on top of each other comparison of the different clothing that he had in those scenes. Uh, in Greatest Hits and Flashes Before Your Eyes. It's obviously the same guitar with the same stuff on it. Uh, but he is definitely wearing. Di- 
and the same jacket, but he's definitely wearing different clothing. And he seems to be on what I would I would assume to be a different street corner almost, but I can't tell. But one of the things that I think is very interesting, if you go to Lost Screen Caps and, in, uh, and Easter Eggs here at losteastereggs.blogspot.com, there is a close-up of Charlie's guitar. And Stephanie, can you read this? It's He's putting the guitar into... His case, and on the side there is an is like a bumper sticker that is turned upside down. And what does that say, Stephanie? I was here moments ago. I was here moments ago. That's pretty cool. That is very cool. And so, um, it, you know, there wasn't a lot of Easter eggs in this episode, at mm-hmm. least that I found. This uh, whole episode, this whole greatest hits, this whole writing down his five moments totally makes me think of this song by Emerson Drive called yeah. Moments. <laughs> I don't do I know that song? I don't think you know that song, but it's very fitting and I think the chorus says, you know, these are my moments, my days in the sun, um moments I was second to none. I just I just keep thinking of that song as I'm, you know, gotcha. thinking about Charlie writing down his you his, know, moments. his moments. Very cool. So anyway, um, that that is very interesting. And then, of course, um, so the five best minutes. And then, of course, the whole whacking over the side of the head. We kind of touched on that earlier. Right. You know, how, how we thought that that was a very admirable thing. And so the episode ended with this. I'm alive. Ah! I'm alive. <laughs> All right. They're not very hospitable. They're not very hospitable. So, Stephanie, what do you think? The episode, you still give it your same rating of 20? I, did I give it a 20? I said, said I asked you a 1 out of 5, and you said 20. Did I? Yeah. Would you like me to go back and play it for you? No, I believe you. All right. Someone, I thought I said 15. But anyway, um, yeah, it was still a great episode. You still think it was a perfect 5? Yeah, I All do. Right. The psycho I, episode was cool, but it was a little—it's a little dark. A little dark. I got gotcha. you. All right. Well, I'm still sticking with a my creepy. 4. I made Cliff 1. jump 5. off the couch twice. <laughs> <laughs> you know? All right. Let's go to some listener feedback, Steph. Yes, Colonel Lock. This line secure. Line secure. Go ahead. Hey, Cliff, Stephanie, Toy. This is Michelle from Texas. This is Kim from Indiana. Josh from California. Jennifer from Florida. Sam in Tucson. Kimberly from California. Paul in Memphis, Tennessee. Listener feedback. Target area is acquired. We are a go. Roger that. Hi, Cliff and Stephanie. This is Anna in Portland, Oregon. I was just listening to your initial reaction podcast, and I have to wonder, um, did, are Desmond's flashes really the way it happens? Because if you think, I don't remember him actually seeing Penelope when he thought that Charlie had to die. I, he saw a bunch of images, he saw somebody hanging from the tree, but I don't recall him ever actually seeing Penelope on the island. I could be wrong, could be misremembering what actually happened, but, but I just feel like, Telling Charlie that he has to die in order for Claire and Aaron to be saved is just his interpretation. It's not actually 
that he knows that. Otherwise, why would he have offered to go in Charlie's place? Um, I totally see where you're coming from, Cliff, but I just don't, I don't know if Desmond actually knows that's what's going to happen. Plus, it brings up the whole idea of fate versus choice. Locke and Desmond seem to think that fate is very important, that um, Charlie must die for these things to happen, so that is obviously a fatalistic view of the world, whereas everybody else is busy making actual choices in their life. Um, so anyway, just a thought I had. Love the podcast. Bye. Thank you very much, Anna. And, uh, you know, I've been thinking about this. Go I ahead, t- Steph. I don't remember anything of Desmond's flashes, so I'm going to have to go back and watch that again. Um, I was thinking the same thing earlier when I guess you said Penelope, you know, being on the beach. At the, yeah, I, I don't know where I was, but I don't remember any part of that. It was the episode where they found Naomi. He had flashes at the very beginning of that episode. Okay. And Charlie's like, so what? what what's okay. going on? And 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 I don't know if they actually showed Penelope. Okay, so I don't remember that. But they certainly insinuated through the writing of the episode that if Desmond would just let Charlie die, then Penelope would be the person found from as the parachuter. And the reason why I believe that is is a couple of things. Number one, the the writing is beautiful because it the island is trying to get Desmond out of the way. The island is like, okay, now I'll tell you what. Let's just go ahead. If I'll tell you what, we'll give you Penelope if you just let us kill Charlie, almost. And the whole episode. The had, island's in us now. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, um, but the thing is, is that um, it multiplied. It did. It, it, it happened overnight. Um, and what was I going to say? There was um, there was talk throughout that entire episode of Desmond. You know, are, uh, all about sacrifice. And is he going to be willing to sacrifice? And, and the fact is, is that he did sacrifice his seeing Penelope by saving Charlie's life. And and it's just my own theory on it, but but I I really believe that that's where the writers were heading, but I I, I realize a lot of people disagree. I think Desmond's just a few marbles short. And I don't know. I I honestly I started to get the impression when they were in the um in the little boat thingy that Desmond has come to the con- obviously Desmond as a man is having a hard time letting Charlie die you know otherwise he would have done it a long time ago with the lightning right um so i think that Desmond is in his mind thinking that okay if i can't let this man die and i'm not going to get penelope back then i just might as well die right you know, and th- that's that's his rationalization. I understand. Do you, do you know what I mean? So, yeah. Anyway, let's see here. Uh, we're gonna go to Edith and then to Heather, and then we'll do our last bit of uh, listener feedback. Uh, Edith, you're back on the line. Go ahead. First of all, I think Stephanie, you have a really nice and good theory in in Desmond. I have a different one. I think Desmond, in particular, this one. I think he saw himself going down to the uh, underwater hatch, and then he made Charlie go, and then I think he had a 
change of heart, and that's why he was saying, well, maybe I should go. Hmm. Because in, in essence, they always talk about how he is a coward. Yeah, that this so, is true. So it could be that he is seeing, as he said, I am seeing Charlie, but really I'm seeing myself. It should be me. This, this is interesting. Okay. The only thing is, is it seems out of line with all the other flashes before his eyes. It, it seems to me that all the other flashes have all been indications that Charlie was to die. Oh, I and, agree, but, but, I don't, but I don't think Charlie will ever... I think they're giving us this thought that Charlie's going to die. I don't think Charlie's ever going to die. But uh, I'll be shocked if he dies next, the next uh, episode. Well, if, I don't, he, if he dies next episode, I will be shocked. Yeah. Because they've been feeding us that he's going to die and then he doesn't. So I have a, and they usually don't do that. They never feed us what they're going to do. Yeah, I agree with you wholly. Well, let's see what Heather B. has to say. Heather, you're back on the line. Go ahead. Hi. Um, I just wanted to talk about freedom of choice, and I think Desmond's a Christian. And wouldn't he be more, um, how would, you know, that go along with his saying he has to die? You know, kind of like, um, kind of Christ, you know, or, um, you know what I mean, that kind of thing? Yeah, I know. I understand what you're saying. Uh, but I will tell you that uh, even within the acceptable uh, doctrine of, of the majority of, of Christian evangelicals, they will tell you that they're split down the middle. Some some folks believe in predestination that people, you know, this is your destiny. This is what was supposed to happen and what's going to happen. And it's inevitable. And then, of course, there this are people. This isn't pe- what's supposed to happen. Exactly. There are people who say this isn't what was supposed to happen. Uh, but or that they have free will and free choice. So uh, I, you know, it, it, I think what you're pointing out. I think that you know, saying that Desmond's a Christian, I would certainly believe that you know, training to be a monk, you know, would be an indication that yes, that. But um, even Christians, I, I believe, are kind of split on the idea of whether or not things are destined to happen and or if it's fate or if it's coincidence. And even Locke and, and Echo kind of had that discussion briefly. We have one last caller, and it's Jamie from Burbank, and we're going to listen. Hey, Cliff Steph. It's Jamie from Burbank. Um, first off, Steph, I am absolutely thrilled that you're going to be doing the Full-Time Mom, Mom podcast. I cannot wait for that. Um, keep us all posted when that launches, but I am very, very excited about that. And secondly, I was thinking that one thing that you guys could do during this long, long, long hiatus, which at first will seem nice, but then after a while we'll drag on. Um, is maybe have like a DSPN movie club instead of a book club because not everybody likes to read. But um, they maybe tell everybody ahead of time, like sometime this week, watch this movie, and, and we can all get together and discuss it. Uh, just an idea that I thought I'd throw up there. I'll hopefully talk to you guys later. Bye. That's that, a good idea. That is a great idea. <laughs> in fact, uh, we, are, we are in discussion. We are in talks right now. Uh, the, we had a gspn.tv board meeting uh, just recently, and uh, we are talking about what we're going to do for the summer. And if my contract is not met, I'm on strike. <laughs> we, we may have a replacement for Stephanie next year. <laughs> uh, seriously, though, uh, we, we have not decided what we're going to do, but one of the things that I think we proved last year is that, by golly, we are, we are here for the long haul. And including I'm give you my writer, including the uh, this you know during the summer, um, we will certainly be here. We encourage you not only to check out the weekly Lost podcast feed and stay subscribed to it, 
But go to gspn.tv and subscribe to all of our shows. We have a total of nine podcasts that we produce. And I'm actually very excited because during the summer, I get to really focus on several of my other podcasts. Uh, for example, I'm just now starting to, to grease the wheels, the, the wheels of the Generally Speaking About the Church podcast. Uh, my Crazy Life podcast is really getting some dust on it. Uh, so we're going to dust that <laughs> off. Um, we have... Because our life's too crazy right now. The Musically Challenged podcast. If you haven't listened to that lately, there are some definite uh, great shows there. Am, am I just background noise over here? <laughs> and then there's the... <laughs> Then there's the kids show, which which debuted and, and hasn't had a follow up yet. But uh, we're gonna release the greatest hits album on that one. And <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, Matthew and Megan are going to be back. And and with with Lost and Grey's Anatomy and all these other shows ending, it is going to give us the opportunity to really focus on some of our other shows of the Generally Speaking Podcast Network over at GSPN. TV. Please check out some of our other shows. But we are not going to abandon this. We are not going to abandon this feed at all. And uh, we are certainly going to have some lost goodness during the summer. All right, Steph, did you want to say something else? You were saying you were mumbling something over there. No, I was, just... <laughs> I was not going to be distracted. What? You should be proud of me. In fact, no. we're going to talk now. This is the spoiler section. So please, if, if you being could, distracted means ignoring me, <laughs> what'd you say? I'm just, I'm just, ow! I'm just kidding. I didn't even hit you. I know. Okay. Does if you don't like spoilers, turn it off. You don't want to know. What was supposed to happen? I know. Because you don't know what's going to happen. You know what? I'm not going to find out. Don't you want to know? Okay. Now they should turn it off because that's a really cool bumper, and oh. you should just stick around to hear it. <laughs> there you go. This is Lost Away Bonnie from Lost.About.com with this week's Lost Preview. The next episode, the final episode of Season 3, is called Through the Looking Glass and will be on at a special time this Wednesday at 9 p.m. and will run two hours. ABC's synopsis reads, Jack and the castaways begin their efforts to make contact with Naomi's rescue ship. That's it. A two-hour episode, and we get Jack and the castaways begin their efforts to make contact with Naomi's rescue ship. Oh, well. There's lots of interesting characters in this episode, anyway. We'll see again Tom, Alex, Richard Alpert, Carl, and it'll be interesting to see how he and Alex fit into the impending fight between the Losties and the others, Mikhail, Ryan Price, and Jason, who are both others, Rousseau, Rose, Bernard, and Naomi. And, interestingly enough, Penny Whitmore. Now, this is not a Desmond flashback. It's a Jack flashback, so where Penny turns up might be interesting. Some other characters we'll see include Greta and Bonnie, and I'm guessing that these two are the ones who surprised Charlie in the Looking Glass station. We'll also see a Dr. Hamill, who we haven't met yet, a funeral director, pharmacist, customer, and a doctor. It's going to be an action-filled two hours ending in a cliffhanger that should have us buzzing come Thursday morning. For more information, read my Through the Looking Glass guide and preview. This is Lost Away, Bonnie Koval for Lost.About.com. Very, very cool. Very cool indeed. And you know, I sit there and I listened and I heard every word that was coming out, but I did not comprehend any of it. So it's a good thing that I'm spoiler-free because now I don't feel bad. 
really all she said was who we're going to see. Be, oh, okay. I did hear all those the names. The only spoiler that was there was that Jack and the other Losties are going to set out for the and radio did they, station. Did they say... That's not even a spoiler because they even said that. Right. So um, here's the question. Did she say it's another Jack flashback? She did. As if we need one. Well, I think if this one has to do with his leadership and really um, coming back into the role of leading the Losties, I think that it could be interesting. Yeah. Uh, And is there any flashback on the island we could see of him instead of his boring past life? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Let's see here. So that's pretty much... There was his, there was some time on the island. A week was on the island after Kate and Sawyer had headed back. That we could see maybe what happened then. If I could handle that, or what happened while he was in their camp. Yeah. Now, what was that whole thing we were supposed to come back and talk about later in the episode because of the preview? It was in there. Somebody had mentioned that they think Desmond's going to go down and save Charlie. Oh yes, that was Charlie Steve. tied up. We see Charlie tied up to a chair. Yes, being interrogated. Right, and didn't we see in that flash, uh, or in that preview, didn't we see, um, what am I thinking? I don't know. Uh, I thought we saw in that preview Desmond I don't much know what you're thinking. I know, I know, I know. Many of the time. uh, Sometimes, let me see if it's in this website, because there was actually screen captures, maybe somebody emailed them to me. But I don't have them okay. here. But anyway, I'm almost positive that in the flat and in, in the thing there that we saw uh, Desmond actually come up out of the water, okay. and cause a ruckus down there, down there. Steve, go ahead. You're on the line. Oh wait, hold on one second, Steve. Oh. All right, Steve. Now you're on the line. Am I? I'm here. Good. Um, uh, yeah. While I've been listening, I've been scouring the web for pictures and things, and found somewhere um, it looked like Mikhail was down in the. Uh, underwater thing as well. There was sort of a dark picture of him. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Very cool. Well, so that could be interesting. That, that could be very interesting. Well, one of the things that I have heard, and I will tell everybody this, and I will warn you, that there are some spoilers, some major spoilers, for the season finale of Lost. That And, and from what I understand, that even the producers have come back and said, or no, 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 it wasn't the producers. It was um, um, Asiello. Asiello said, listen, don't, whatever you do, don't read spoilers because it will ruin it for you. And so um, definitely um, don't, <laughs> don't do it. It just makes you want to go read spoilers. It does, doesn't it? I, I, no, I don't. No, yeah. I, I won't. I am spoiler free in season three, my friends. But don't. But don't oh, you know that when someone tells you not to do something, you your go and do it. instinct yeah. is to do it anyway? Exactly. And so um, the only thing that I want to say that I did hear, and this is a spoiler uh, somewhat, that somebody emailed me and said that Michael or Walt, one or the other, will be in next week's episode. Hmm. And I was a little bummed when I heard that. And in fact, the beginning of that email said... Don't oh, a theory about next week. No spoilers in this, and then it says one thing we do know for sure is this. And it's like oh no, that's don't a spoiler. That's a spoiler. So anyway, 
but um, I'll, I'll try to enjoy that, but it won't be a shock. So that was quite a bummer. Anyway, um, folks, that's all we have for this episode of the Weekly Lost Podcast. We will be back with an initial reaction after a two-hour oh my goodness. episode next week. And uh, we will, uh, yeah, we'll be back after that. Or what? What time does it start? Does it start at ten and go until <laughs> no midnight? No, they gotta have the news on. It starts at nine. It starts at nine. Okay, that we could still yeah. do. A, okay, I was gonna say if they go to midnight, <laughs> I'm just going to bed. <laughs> okay. All right. So I just think it's funny that you don't know that they don't show any. You know, unless like a game goes in overtime, everything ends at eleven. I don't watch the news, babe. You know that. All right. Well, until next week. Stay Stay lost. This program is a production of the Generally Speaking Podcast Network. You'll find this and other podcasts on our website at gspn.tv. Thanks for listening. This show is brought to you by TalkShoe. Create your own internet talk show. Check it out at T-A-L-K-S-H-O-E dot com.